You're listening to Hockey Night in New York, the premier live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large. Here's your hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stubby. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, January 5th. 2020, the official first show of the brand new year. I want to thank you so much for joining us here on this magnificent Sunday night, or maybe not so magnificent Sunday night if you're an Islander fan, but we're going to get into it anyway. Got a big show coming up for you tonight. Mr. Andy Graziano will be joining me. Unfortunately, Mr. Tony Stabile is going to be a late scratch here tonight. He fell under the weather and he will not be able to make it. So you got me, you got Andy in about 15 minutes. We're going to talk about what's going on. We're going to get through it. Everything's going to be fine. Everybody breathe deep. So once again, thanks for tuning in, folks, and welcome to another edition of Hockey Night in New York. So first things first, before we dive into everything, I just want to remind everybody that next Monday, January 13th, we are going live for another on-location show viewing party at Parlay in Rockville Center. That's on Merrick Road. The Parlay Gastro Pub. Going to be a great night. That's going to be the first game against the Rangers this season. They're a little better than we thought, I think. At least I didn't think they were going to be that good this year. They're fighting for a wild card. They're struggling a little bit, but they're still seven points out, so they're still in the mix. So that's going to be a game that means something for them. Obviously means something for the Islanders because they're trying to get back to their winning ways. So that's going to be a great night just to uh, go over some details on that. We're going to have $3 barn rockers, so that's great. Everybody's favorite Islander beer. There's going to be free shots after every Islander goal. So, hey, if they get off of this scoring drought that they're in right now, you guys can you know get nice and locked up if you want. <laughs> we'll see what happens, but we're going to have free shots, so that's going to be great too. We're going to have, uh, as always, we're going to have raffles with great Islander prizes. There's going to be a pair of Islander tickets involved in that. Uh, there's going to be a jersey giveaway. There's going to be swag. Uh, the podcast starts at 6 o'clock live on location. Puck drop will be at 7 o'clock. And uh, the game's going to be on tons of TVs. The sound's going to be on. Uh, it's going to be a great time. So I hope you guys can join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Tony will be back off the mend. The both, of, both of us will be there. We're going to have some great guests. Mikey Carver is going to join us from the ILC podcast. And we also might have a couple of uh, special surprise guests for you as well. So looking forward to that. Going to be a good time. So with that being said, let's dive into why you guys tuned in tonight. So we're about to hit the halfway point after the Islanders play the Avs tomorrow at the Coliseum. That will officially be 41 games played. So through 40 here, it's it's basically been a, a tale of two seasons uh, we find ourselves in after the big 15-0-2 streak. Um, I guess funny thing is uh, a lot of us kind of boasted and and half-joked about the fact that after that streak, the Islanders could essentially go 500 the rest of the way and likely still make the playoffs, maybe hover around 97 points, what have you. But um, I think as we were all saying that, nobody really wanted the Isles to actually serve that narrative, and that is literally what's happening right now. Because here we are, the Islanders are 9-9-1 nine, nine, since that streak with... Uh, with plenty of ups and downs, so <laughs> literally 500 <laughs> since that streak. So I don't know if we we, we got what we're at, we asked for here. <laughs> Karma's kind of playing the game with us here, but but here we are. And, and we've like I said, we've seen a lot of ups and downs. Uh, you had some big wins over teams like the Boston Bruins, the Washington Capitals. You know, nice to see them step up against the teams that they're going to have to beat in the playoffs, assuming they still make it. I'm joking. They will. But, you know, look, they, they stepped up and they played big games against those teams. And, and then, you know, for whatever reason, 
they're losing to every team they're supposed to beat. I mean, almost without exception. I mean, you, you look at the West Coast trip that we've talked about multiple times. Now, you look at playing Anaheim again, dropping a game to them. Now, you recently have them losing a game against the Devils. And for whatever reason, this team just has a hard time playing down. You know, they're playing down to these teams that they should be beating. Now, that's, I don't know. And, you know, to say playing down, I don't even know if that's 100% accurate because some of these games, the Islanders actually played well. And I'll, I'll, you know, go into more detail about that as, as the show goes on. But, you know, yes, they have played down to some of these teams. But you look more recently and, you know, the game against the Devils, I don't think they played all that bad. They they, they have this habit of, of making these lesser goaltenders or backups look like Vezina Trophy winners. And, and they did that against Blackwood against the Devils. And, you know, I don't think it was an awful game. It's just this team has has kind of finally fallen victim to the concern that we as Islander fans have had about this team for a long time now, and that's the scoring. Where's the scoring going to come from? We know that that's a bit of a struggle. And when when they're hot, they can win 15 out of 7 games and, and 2 in overtime shootout, right? And when they're not, we get what we've had over the last, you know, stretch of 18, 19 games here where, you know, they, they can barely buy a goal and, and now they're struggling. So, you know, I, I think... You know, maybe I was a little dramatic last night after the uh, after the Toronto game, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, I'm going to save my take until the show tomorrow night. And, and it wasn't so much for that purpose. It was just I knew that if I if I tried to you know shed any light after that after that win, because I know I sorry after that loss, because obviously it was a tough one. It was a shutout to again a backup who's who has an under 900 save percentage. And, and, of course, against the, the arch-rival Toronto Maple Leafs that, you know, none of us want to see the Islanders lose to. So I figured that I would just stay away from all of that because, you know, I think uh, there was, some, there was some, uh, some, some heavy tempers, if you will, after that loss from, from what I could tell. So, so, you know what, let me just save it. So this is, this is where I'm at now, okay, after this stretch of games. I'll talk a little bit in, into more detail later on, but... The, the, the sky is not falling, and Andy himself said that in a recent piece talking about this recent stretch, and I'm looking forward to talking to him about all this. But, you know, just to put things into perspective for you guys, I know it sucks right now because it's win some, lose some, 500. 500 is not going to get it done, obviously, and obviously you need to score. We all know that. But to put things into perspective for you guys, okay, other good teams in this league, at the top of the league, have their rough patches. In fact, there's one of them going through one of them right now. And this is probably the team that outside of the Washington Capitals, and I guess you can make an argument for, for who you think is tops in the league or going to be toughest in the league. I know I've said on previous shows that the Boston Bruins are, are the team I fear the most in this league. So let's just talk about the Bruins real quick, okay? And the Islanders are going to be playing them in the not-too-distant future at the Barclays Center. Boston is 4-5-6 and six in their last 15 games. They're currently on a three-game losing streak by way of one loss and then two in either a shootout or an overtime loss. So my point here is, and then you have the Avalanche, actually, who are 4-5-1 in their last 10. They're coming to town tomorrow night. And they're one of the top teams in the league. They're well-regarded. So my point being is that you can't have a perfect 82-game season. I know I've said this before, but I feel like I have to reiterate it because I, I look at Twitter. I look at the reaction after losses like last night, after losses to the Devils, and after losses to the Ducks. And don't get me wrong, you know, the, there's a lot of reaction there that, that you know, there's, that has merit because there, there's some of these teams that they should be beating. You know, you can make an argument about Toronto because of how hot they've been lately. But 
when you play the Devils, when you play Anaheim, these are lesser teams in the league. These are teams that the Islanders should be beating. So I get that. I understand. But I think there has to be an understanding from the other side that you just cannot expect this team to score at a three-goal game per game clip every time, three-and-a-half goals, whatever it is. And you, you can't expect them to win. And they, there's going to be games that they play well, which I will argue against Toronto. I thought the Islanders actually played a really good game last night. They just couldn't find the back of the net. And I have to disagree with um with Butchie and Brendan last night. They made they made it sound like Hutchinson was playing like a you know, again, a Vesna trophy winner last night. Now granted, look, he got the shutout, so good for him. He made the saves when he needed to. But from what I saw in that game last night, there was a lot of a lot of rebounds that the Islanders just weren't there to pounce on. Now Maybe it was off by an inch, by you know a foot, whatever. I mean, you had some guys in front of the net here that were crashing it, but you had a couple rebounds here where, for whatever reason, they couldn't get their stick in the puck. You had you had that play with Kunakle where he made the beautiful move and he jammed the puck into the post. He couldn't follow up on it and get get it uh, beyond the goal line. Now, I'm not saying that I'm I'm going to chalk this nine nine and one streak up to bad luck. Look, if you go if you go 19 games and you're at 500, there's a reason why you, you deserve to be there, right? If you're not scoring enough goals, it is what it is, but. I just I just want to keep you guys thinking, you know, at least considering the perspective here that that this doesn't mean that this team is is heading for for the depths of the of the league now. And I and I'm not assuming that that's what you guys think, but you know, just reading some of the reactions out there like please again, perspective. Breathe easy. Barry Trotz is still behind the bench. He's been through streaks like this whether it's behind the Islanders bench, behind the Capitals bench, behind the Predators bench. And I think he he has enough clout back there where he deserves, you know, the opportunity to to dig them out of this. So, you know, it sucks now. Everything's going to be okay. Everybody breathe. And that's not to say that this team doesn't need some solutions. That's not to say that they don't need help. They do. I don't think the team is perfect as is. I don't think I ever have claimed, made that claim. But... You know, and, and I'm going to dive into this with Andy in a little while. We're going to talk about what the Islanders can do to help the, the scoring situation because that is obviously a glaring issue right now because of cause how they're playing right now. But look, I'm, I'm just saying, breathe. They're going to be all right. And it's not going to get e- any easier. As I said, the Avalanche are coming to town tomorrow. They're struggling as of late, but they're no easy out. And, and look, you just have to keep faith. And even though you got the big injury to Pellick, I'm going to talk to Andy about that too. And I, you, you know, you, there was actually a goal, a direct result of that injury last night against Toronto was uh, that first goal when you had Dobson getting walked and then Taves, for whatever reason, overcommitting. He thought he was going to be able to get a stick on the puck. He, he loses his man, and Varlamov is, is basically dead to rights. There's nothing he can do because it's perfect to one-one pass goal. I thought Varlamov had a fine game. The, the goals that, you know, the two goals that went against him, nothing he could do, right? You had the, the beautiful deflection by Matthews for the 2 nothing goal, and then the last one was a, was an empty netter. So I think, I'll talk to Andy about Varlamov's play too, but I don't think he can hang anything on the goaltending lately. It's, it's clearly been on the scoring. They need some help there, and hopefully they're going to get it, whether it's in-house, which doesn't look as promising right now when you have guys like Eberle and, and Lee as, as cold as they are, and these are the guys that need to step up. Um, and I know a lot of people are calling Lou's name right now out there on Twitter. And and I get it. It's it's for good reason. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to finally make a deal. It probably is. But we know it takes two to tango. I look forward to talking to Andy about that to see what options might be out there and to see 
you know, just how much pressure is on him to get that done. But with that said, we're going to actually have to go to break right now because Andy's going to join us in a couple of minutes. So, folks, really appreciate you joining me here at Hockey Night New York. Remember, you can always tune in live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com. We'll be right back. So much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York at HockeyNightNY.com, the premier live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large from our studios right here on Long Island, hosted by Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile. Tune in weekly during the season Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time for insights on the team, great special guests, and commentary on all the happenings around the league. If you happen to miss us live, all shows can be streamed or downloaded 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at the same address, HockeyNightNY.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher, where you can subscribe and never miss a show, no matter what your preferred platform. Question for the guys? Comments? Interested in the sponsorship? Please contact us at HockeyNightNewYork at gmail.com for any and all inquiries. We appreciate all the support, and as always, let's go Islanders. Love repping your favorite Long Island hockey team? Can't get enough orange and blue swag? Look no further than Yes Men Outfitters, the independent lifestyle brand born on the island to support the game, the team, and the players you love. Visit YesMenOutfitters.com for a wide selection of themed shirts, hats, hoodies, and yes, even pajamas. All apparel is designed and created in-house with the same passion and dedication as your favorite team on the ice. So upgrade your wardrobe and show off your pride today by visiting YesMenOutfitters.com. And don't forget to use promo code HockeyNightNY for 10% off your order. That's YesMenOutfitters.com. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. You listen to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile. Although tonight is just Sean Cuthbert. Joining me right now is Mr. Andy Graziano, Isles columnist at WFAN Sports Radio. Andy, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, let's uh, let's hop into it here. I was just talking about, you know, it's funny, man. When Tony's not here, I'm just talking to myself. It's a completely different ballgame. It's so strange. So, so I'm sitting here talking to myself and, and hopefully whoever's listening live right now. And uh, talking about this this tale of two seasons that the Islanders have found themselves in, you have obviously the big streak that everybody is well aware of, and then after that, literally a five hundred team, nine nine and one, and everybody's searching for answers. So I guess we'll just start with that, and and I'll ask you what you've seen aside from the obvious between winning and losing. What's been going wrong with this team that shows them as a nine nine and one mediocre team to to this point? You know, you can't, it's very hard. I, I go back to that quote that Lemarillo made earlier. I think it was right before the season started. It was at the end of training camp where he said something like, we'll win two to one games if we have to, or we'll win a lot of two to one games or something like that. That's a very hard style to play for 82 games. You're almost playing playoff hockey for 82 games and then playing playoff hockey. It's you kind of you kind of you kind of have to throw some some six nothing seven seven two routes in there to kind of uh, offset that, and I think that's a factor too. I think the team it's a style that's very demanding, and it's a style that 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 can wear 
wear some guys down midseason, and I think that's what we're seeing. Nothing more, nothing less, in my opinion. Yeah, no question about it. And, you know, let's just key on the – I mean, you covered a lot of bases there, and I guess – the main thing that everybody is really concerned about, and, and you know, the, the the structure in the system is obviously part of it. We'll get a little more into that, but but let's focus on the the, the goal scoring drought here. And I mean, you mentioned it directly mm-hmm. in your column in your column the other day. Two and a half goals for in the past nineteen games, heading into the game last night against the Leafs, and now it's even less after the shutout. So you know, let's talk about solving that issue now. Is there a solution within, you know, you have people mention maybe Wallstrom when he comes back from juniors. Obviously, you have Kiefer Bellows tearing things up right now down in Bridgeport. And then beyond that, maybe a trade and and what else? So I guess, you know, the big question is, is it ultimately going to have to come from the outside as you as you highlight Lou and what he may need to do at this point? Or do you think that it's even possible that, you know, or even a good idea to bring up somebody like Bellows uh, with all the confidence he's building now down in Bridgeport? My concern there, you know, Ollie Wallstrom, when he was up, showed a tremendous work ethic. He was just going out there like a like a, a caged animal, just banging bodies, which for his size is pretty impressive. He's not a huge guy. Um, I loved his style of play. I, I wish I would have seen a little more of him on an offensive line um, to kind of see if he can get some, some confidence uh, in terms of offensive confidence at the NHL level. I think that's kind of what the Islanders did wrong with Michael Del Cole. You know, everyone is so quick to dump on Michael Del Cole. Michael Del Cole has been put in a role that really stifles his offensive talent. And don't and kid nobody, the kid's got offensive talent. I mean, it's you know, you don't you don't put up the numbers he put up in the OHL and not have any offensive talent. But he came here and was asked to play a defensive role, and it, it kind of stifled him. And I kind of saw a little bit of that when Wallstrom was here, and that concerned me a little bit, to be honest. I would not right now mess with the confidence that Kiefer Bellows is gaining in Bridgeport. I think kids at that age, especially when they're learning the pro game like Bellows and Wallstroms and guys like that are, confidence is a very, very important yet fragile thing, and I really wouldn't mess with that at this point. Um and then you have you have the wild card, right? You have the you, you everyone's going to always want to. Does Josh Hosang get another shot? I don't think he ever gets another shot. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I don't either. I don't. But pe- yeah. you know, pe- people are going to say it, and and you know, rightfully so. He's there. I get it. You have to mention it. He is there. Um, sure. But sure. yeah, I I I think I think this is kind of just to get get Hosang's feet under him, get get some conditioning going, and then so so some other teams can take a look at him and see if they want to take a chance on him. That's what I think Josh Hosang is doing in Bridgeport personally. That's just, you know, that's what I think. But so I, I don't see, you know, we said this before, I think, I think the last time I was speaking with you guys, you and Tony, we, we kind of gone over that, you know, the Islander system's not incredibly deep, right? It's really not. Um, so I don't, I don't think there's, there's much, to do there from the inside, unless you're going to bring a wall, unless you're going to bring a Wallstrom back up, burn a year of his ELC with him playing in his tenth game, but put him on an offensive line and hope he could jumpstart the offense that way. Um, if you're not going to do that, it's it's only on the outside that Lemmer look and look. Right, and with that said, and you know, I mean, look over the course of the season, you know, whether it's with you or our other guests, we've we've talked about it, the possible additions that they can make and who you're willing to give up. But I guess until something really happens, or or if the goal goal scoring solves itself, it's just 
going to be a narrative we're going to have to keep kind of going to, right? So yeah. with that being said, yeah. you know, I mean, you said it at the top of the interview here saying you still think this is a good team. So I guess it really comes down to how good one thinks this team is and, you know, how much, mm-hmm. you know, adding to this team is it worth as far as what you're willing to give up to do that. Uh, and me personally, you know, even after this little bit of a slide that they're on now, I think this is a team where if they get that right piece or two added to this team, they can legitimately challenge for a Stanley Cup this year. I don't know if you feel the same way. Really? You believe okay. I, I do. I think if – I think. I, I... Look, with with Pellick being out, maybe that changes things a little bit, even though, you know, who knows? He can be back in early May if they're still playing hockey by then. But, right, right, right. But, right. yeah, and, and yeah, sure, you can look at me and say, ah, well, they go on a 15-0-2 streak. That's very easy to say, Sean. But I think with the, the, the system that this team plays, the fact that the goaltending has proven to us that even, you know, swapping in Varlamov for Leonard, that they can still get the goaltending they got last year, they, they can still play the defensive system, even though it's been a little... You know, it's there's some been cracks in it lately, but I think if they do something to shore up that that top six, maybe make an argument for top nine, that this is a team that can go that can go deep. So it sounds like you disagree with me, which is fine. That's good. Um, but <laughs> but but you talk about Lou bringing in somebody. So yeah, I mean, you know, what do you what are you looking to get to add to this team, and what do you want to give up? Yeah, that's exactly right. I think, you know, I think, yes, I agree with you that they need an offensive jolt. And like I said before, whether that's, it doesn't really necessarily have to be the elusive 40 to 50 goal guy, which we know they're not going to get via trade, right? But as I said before, it could be a Peugeot or a Toffoli or someone along those lines that even pushes the guys right now to play better. That plus, I just, I think they need more speed. Honestly, you know, I still think there's a lot of teams out there that play at a much faster tempo than they do. I'm talking about the Carolina Hurricanes, for instance. Um, It's just a much, much faster tempo. I just think they need speed. They need a little bit of an offensive jolt. I've said this to my son repeatedly, and and this has been mentioned. I've been beat up for this for years. My son is a Rangers fan. (laughs) We know. (laughs) And I I I hate to bring it up, but I have to bring it up. I've said this to him as recently as a week ago. I said, if the Islanders had Artemi Panarin, I would absolutely put them in the mix for a Stanley Cup. Yeah. And that's, unfortunately, unfortunately, they don't. And I think that, I know people are going to hear that and say to me, Andy, you got to move on. You got to get over it. I, I get it. But it has to be mentioned. That's, I think, the kind of player this summer that they needed. And I don't fault Lou for that one. I don't you can't. because he offered the guy more money and Panarin, which I, I said like a year ago has always wanted to play for the Rangers. And he showed, he showed where his heart was. He wanted to go to the Rangers. Even if, even though the Islanders who are, you know, what 30 miles away, were offering a million dollars more per, per year. Turns out it wasn't just about the money for him. And so I don't fault Lou for that one. What I fault Lou for was what was the backup plan? There wasn't one apparently. Yeah, nobody came in. Well, I and mean, Barry Trotz. In fact, mentioned did it. Barry Trotz did he mention it again? Just like last week? Or no, I think he mentioned it after the Toronto game. Trotz said again, we, "We we lack natural finishers." Or he made a comment similar to that. Like he's saying it repeatedly. Like he's begging Lou to get some help, and it's 
it's impossible for us to sit back. You, remember when snow was here and everybody used to say, what is snow doing? Snow just sits on his hands. It doesn't do anything. It's I surely do. I surely do. That. Yeah. We don't, yeah. we don't know what the heck Lou, it's impossible to say anybody is not doing anything. I'm sure Lou is, I would hope, I'm pretty sure he's working the phones at least, but oh yeah, you know, obviously, obviously we don't know, but it's, it's tough to, I would think you have to. Yeah, well, look, it's it's tough to really know, and and I think you have to take a lot of things into consideration when it comes to that because uh, it seems to me that the the vibe I'm getting from Lou is that you know he sees what this team is capable of, but he doesn't want to completely mortgage the future, and I think this. I agree. Also, what kind of tugs him in that direction is when he first took over this team. Let's just be flat out honest here. He ha- he did not see this coming whatsoever as far as being as, as competitive as they've been now through a year and a half with this Barry yeah. Trotz-led team. That's fair. I think that he was expecting this to be a slow process. In fact, he said that. When he took over, he said, I'm going to assess everything. We're going to look at what we got. Correct. And then it's going to be a slow change over that. You may see half the team is gone after this, right? That didn't happen because Correct. they have a 105-point season. And, you know, they, they challenge for the division title. And, and look, they, they sweep the Penguins in the first round. So all of a sudden it's like, oh, maybe maybe I got to fast track this thing a little bit, you know, and for right, good reason. Right, right, right. Cause, and, I, and I've said this on the air. I've said this, you know, just talking to pals about this team. And, and I guess I'll reiterate it here with you just so we can have a discussion about it. And that is I feel like the Islanders are kind of in the midst of a perfect storm here. One and and maybe this is coming from a guy who hasn't seen a lot of success in his um in his fandom <laughs> lifetime, right? So maybe I'm getting overexcited and, and if I am, you can bring me back down to earth. But you know, you look at Lou in charge, you look at the respect he has and and what he's done in his career. Now you look at Barry Trotz. I think he's without question the top coach yeah. in the NHL and his staff is tremendous. We know yeah. it we know what the goaltending staff yeah. is doing, Mitch Corn, yeah. right? So and then you look at ownership, right? So so far from the top down, things are looking really really good, especially when at least one of three of those Absolutely. are one of the best in the league, right? You have a young Absolutely. a young budding star in Matt Barzell. He has help, maybe not as much as he needs, but he does have have help in, in guys like Anders Lee and Jordan Eberle. And Yes, we can talk about what they may may not be doing at this moment. Brock Nelson. I mean, there's a decent cast there up in the top six. Uh, the defense is has up until recently been essentially the best defense in the league uh, over the past year and a half. So, again, it, it brings me back to that maybe one or two pieces missing in the forward core. And I say to myself, look, Barry's got, what, three and a half years left on his contract? And we don't know if it's, go- if it's going beyond that. And I just feel like they have so many pieces in place, especially when you hear people say, well, you build a team from the goaltending out. Well, the goaltending and defense are two of the best in the league, right? And so if it just means bringing in some more firepower and ammunition, like I just have this, and, and I'm never one to make an argument to be irresponsible, but I just have this feeling that like this is the best chance that they're going to have in a while, and it came a lot quicker than a lot of us thought. But with that staff and with these players on this team, I just feel like Lou needs to eventually do something, whether it's now or whether it's literally before noon on the deadline. But I think this is a year that he's got to do something. I don't know if you agree with me, but but have at it. See, I, I, I thought that last year. When I saw the teams that were dropping out in the first round last year after mm-hmm. the Islanders had swept Pittsburgh, that's when, it, that's when a bulb went off in my head. I said, holy, SH, I said, holy, holy shit, like, like, 
this is the year. Like these big teams are dropping out like flies. The conference is wide open outside. But of you, but you can't make a deal during the playoffs, Andy. You can't make a deal during the playoffs. No, 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 no. I know, I know, I know, I know. But my 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 point is, I'm not sure. Like, you know, I'm not sure. Even and again, I hate to keep saying this, but you know, even Garth Snow got Jordan Everly for Ryan Strong, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like. It's like Lou, come on, man. It's like I yeah. the injury to Pellick hurts, to be fair. It does. Because sure. if he was dangling some defensive depth, which they have a really good defensive depth, if he was dangling a guy like a Sebastian Ajo, that's off the table. You're never trading a Noah Dobson, so just forget that. Stop even mentioning his name. But right. if you were like I said, dangling a Sebastian Ajo, that's off the table now with the Pellick injury. So that mm-hmm. does change the change the game a little bit. It's true. Um, and Hickey hurt. Yeah. And I think that, and, and Hickey hurt as well. So I go back, I kind of go back to what everyone's complained about. God snow was get your, get Sean Tavares some help. John Tavares needs some help. Get Sean Tavares some help. Yeah. How come though, the same crowd isn't saying that about, and isn't saying that now about Luke at Mark, get Matt Barzell some help. It's It's almost a similar situation. It's getting a little louder. I've seen it, especially after these last couple of losses. Uh, I'm seeing Lou's name come up a little more often than I had. So there certainly is a a section. And again, I'm never one to to question Lou Lamarillo's resume. Uh, Me of all people, I'm a peon. I'm a a peanut (laughs) in his world, and rightfully so. The man is accomplished more in hockey than, than I'll ever know, um, than I'll ever dream to know. So I'm, I'm not, you know, putting context what I'm saying here, I'm not, I'm not just, you know, bashing the guy in the head with a hammer, but at the same time, it's a, it's a results-based business. And as the team president and the general manager, it's a results-based business. <laughs> and right, right. I, I'm just, I'm afraid, I'm a, like I said, I'm afraid of this team having to play playoff hockey for 82 games before they play playoff hockey. That's a big, big concern for me right now. I gotcha. I gotcha. And, yeah, I just, <laughs> I guess I'm still trying to pull out from you just well first of all you don't you don't think this is a year for them it sounds to me that you're 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 on a different wavelength than me as far as that goes and that's fine go ahead like i said i i think with a guy i think i think the summer if they would have had a better summer I, you could look maybe maybe well, if if lou surprises me and next week brings in hoffman or gets to foley on the cheap Maybe that changes my perspective. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking. I can only think with with what they're working with right now. Okay. Right? So, well, then I think and, that kind of puts us on the same page because I said maybe one or two guys, and and Hoffman yeah. could be without one or two guys, right? So you know, maybe we're not too far off. Hoffman, if you go out and get a, if if you go out and get a Toffoli on the cheap, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure LA is not going to be too 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 <laughs> too finicky with their ask. Um, I just I, I think that puts us at a different conversation. I think right now working with what they're working with, I'm just I'm not sure that they're gonna have enough gas left in the tank when it gets to the second round. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. And and especially with, with Pellick being out, that that's certainly gonna make the uh, the weight in their shoulders a little a little heavier. Um yep. Yeah, yeah yep. it's just you know, maybe I'm I'm looking too far ahead, but I just look down the road and, and with these contracts they're going to be dealing with over the summer, you know, guys like Barzell yeah. and Pellick and Pollock, they're going to have to get paid, and you may have to unload yeah, some salary. Pays, pays too. 
Right. You, you, yeah, I think I said Pelic. I meant to say Taves. Um, you know, you look at yeah. these guys, you know, you might have to bounce, finally bounce somebody like Letty off the lineup. We kind of thought that was going to happen going into this year if they had a signed a Panarin or we made did. a deal, right? Yeah, we did. So that may end up being a, an absolute reality next season, you know, if they can't, if, if, if Lou Lamarillo can't work any magic and, and dump a, a lad contract or a, a Boychuk contract, you know what I mean? They may actually lose a valuable player in mm-hmm. Nick Letty and, and have to, you know, not only hopefully fill the offensive gap, but also, you know, try to fill whatever gap that, that Nick Letty leaves behind if it comes to that. So that's why I kind of focus on this year so much right now, <laughs> just because of all that unknown going yeah, into yeah. next year. And, oh, sure. and so yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little more willing, I think, to put some, some bigger chips on the table for a deal that brings in, you know, uh, uh, some firepower, whatever the name may be, whether you want to say a guy like Hoffman or whomever. I mean, obviously the Taylor Hall dream is over. But, you know, I might be willing to, to throw a guy like Wallstrom on the, on the table if, if it means bringing in somebody who, who wow. could, Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'll be honest with you. Just, just because, and again, maybe just I'm, I'm so damn used to losing, but, you know, I just see how close they are. I see the coach that they have, and and I just feel like if if you can bring in that weapon, add that to the team that they have now, and I think I can put trust and put faith into this team that they can go on a deep run. I look, there's no guarantees, and it can all blow up in your face, right? You you can put the chips on the table. You course, sure. you go to the conference finals at best. Maybe you get to a cup final and you fall short. Fine, but you know, at the end of the day, I think it's worth it. You know, it, it, it would be nice to finally see, uh, to take a to take a quote from the kids these days, to see the Islanders shoot their shot, right? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. we've been waiting yeah. for, for a very long time. And, and again, I, I, I don't mean irresponsibly just throw all your prospects and draft picks on the table, but, you know, if, if it takes that one little extra nudge to get a deal done, you know, I, I think I'm willing to do it with what they have there now. You know, because I, I heard the arguments... It's in, almost, yeah. I heard the arguments in years past like where you don't, was, you don't, I'm sorry, but when you don't put a guy like, uh, you know, Barzell on the table, and that obviously worked out well when people were clamoring for Duchesne, right? And yeah, Barzell yeah. was a sticking point. Yeah, that yeah. worked out well, but that was a different time. It was a different regime. I look at right. it now, and maybe this is, this is the time where I'm willing to, you know, part with a, with, you know, a higher chip prospect here if it's going to bring back something that's going to help this team win now, especially with the, the way the contracts are constructed and everything like that, you know? Yeah, I think if you're if if you're Lamarillo, right, you're, you're you're from such an old school of thought when it comes to this game, right? And I'm not saying that is a fault, but at the same time, you know, you have to readjust your thinking and you have to kind of change on the fly and and kind of roll with where the game is today. The game is a lot faster. It's a lot. It's it's a lot more offense. It's a lot more you know speed through the neutral zone. Um, Lou might be kind of stuck with the you know Martin and the Comaroffs and he might kind of be be stuck in that old school thinking still. It's almost like he's, uh, you know, he's still bringing a six shooter to the, to the, to the gunfight, you know, and he's only got three bullets, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's, you know, you got to kind of, you got to kind of be able to change on the fly in this game. And I'm not sure he's done that yet. I think he still thinks you can win like he won with the devils, for instance. And in today's game, it's just, that doesn't work anymore. Yeah, I guess we're just not going to know until he actually does something. And and I have to, I mean, look, I thought he was going to do something last year, but like this year, if he doesn't make a deal by the deadline, I would be absolutely shocked. I th- I feel like it it almost has to happen. I would be extremely surprised. <laughs> I would be as well. I I 
I try not to get surprised too often in this in this life with, yeah. <laughs> with everything going on. Right. But I would be as well. I would be right there alongside you. My jaw would my jaw would drop maybe even before yours. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, real quick, we 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 mentioned Adam Pellick and 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 you know what that means for the defense. Noah Dobson is obviously now going to get himself the coveted minutes that that were very elusive in the first half of the season for him. And you know there was a lot of talk about that previously. So he's going to get in there. Aho gets called up. And you have a weird situation where Pelic is playing. Uh, sorry, um, Dobson is playing his offside with Pelic out. And yep. I guess yep. with all that in mind, with the fact that Hickey's injured down, you know, down in the bridge, and there's really not much else down there. Should you know, God forbid, another injury happens or you know whatever, is this you know is this something where Lou's going to also maybe have to look at picking up a depth defense defenseman as well? Isn't uh, Dennis Seidberg still around? <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure he's just uh, in player development and helping his wife make clothes. I'm pretty sure that's what he's doing right now. I don't think he's available. I don't. Is that is that still a thing? I don't. I don't know. I don't know if he's still hosting him or not. I have no idea. I know he's got a clothing line now. That's all I know. That's all I know. I'll tell him to put the put the clothes down and pick the skates up again because we might we might need you, brother. Oh God. Um, yeah, it it, it 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 might. You look. I mean, I I don't even want to. You know what? I don't even want to. Let's not even. I don't want to think about it. If, if <laughs> I mean, Dobson. You know, Dobson on the offside. Look, defense is a really really tough position to master in the NHL. It's probably arguably the hardest position to master in the NHL. Sure. And now you got Dobson up, and you now you're putting him on his wrong side. It's it's a tough tough thing for Noah right now. Um. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, if somebody else goes down, they're in they're in they're in trouble. I'm not sure if it's something that Lou would kind of proactively go out and, and grab a depth defenseman, but you know what? In all honesty, depth defenseman can probably be had for a for for a really cheap price anyway. Yeah. So it's not something that kind of concerns me too much. Um, you know, I think he should still be he should still kind of just focus on that offensive side and kind of let the chips fall where they may on the defensive side. In my opinion. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. I mean, like you said, it could be pretty cheap to bring in a depth guy, and it would probably make sense to do so because it's so. I mean, Dobson did get dangled. <laughs> Dobson did get dangled pretty good against Toronto, though. Oh my god. Yeah, he <laughs> he most certainly did. Welcome to the NHL, kid. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, look. Let's you know. Hopefully, he can get that stuff out of the way, and he can settle himself in. And it's got. It had to have been tough exactly. for him just playing in practice, barely getting into games, and. No you know doubt. he plays against a, a you know a high powered offense like the Toronto Maple Leafs and he and he, yep. and he gets uh, you know a welcome to the show moment so you know that's fine get it out of the way we we <laughs> we all know the high hopes for this kid so hopefully he gets out of the way and you know what hopefully after a couple of games or 10 15 however many games you know he he gets his confidence and and he's he's kind of filling in for Pelic in a decent manner heading into into you know March He's going to be good. He's going to be really good. He's going to he's calm, he's steady, he's got a good head on his shoulders. He doesn't panic with the puck. Right. You know, those dangle moments like you just said, so rightfully so, they're going to happen. But at the end of the day, Noah Dawson's going to be a very, very good defenseman in this league for a long time. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, and that's a, a, a positive take on this this Pelic situation. Is, is hopefully now this kid develops the way you know everybody kind of wanted him to. Obviously, they, they didn't want him down in juniors. Absolutely. There was nothing there for him. So now he's finally in the show, and he's gonna he's gonna you know let us know what he's got, and and you know the the better plays will come, and the the lesser plays like that one will be more further and for, you know fewer and further between. 
And it's just so funny Absolutely. how how volatile it looks like this this you know quote unquote top defense in the NHL can be once your steadiest stay at home or goes down right. Pellet goes down, and then the depth is just right, like where right. is the depth? You know, so so yeah, you, you mentioned right, you right. know we got to hope nobody else goes down because yeah, then then it does become a a very dicey situation. So we Real won't problem. we won't dwell on that yeah. <laughs> anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. So look, we we've had you for a while, Andy, and I and I appreciate. It. So just you know, last thing before before sure. we let you go, um, let's just talk about the the lineup as is. Right, we can get into fantasy land like we have. Talk about who they can trade for, what they can do. But look. The roster as currently constructed, which you're, which you're not as excited about, but you know yeah. we we know where the D's at. We know that it's kind of been musical chairs with the forwards for a little while. You know, it's been documented. You know how much Barry Trotz has been kind of mixing and matching. He's 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 spread the you know I'll call weaknesses throughout the lineup right where you have like pairings of guys right whether it's Nelson Bavillier and Barzell and Lee, and then they sprinkle in a Kunakle on the other wing or a Komarov on the other wing or what have you. And, you know, I just want to get, you know, your take on how you feel about what Barry's been doing with the lines lately. And I, I guess ultimately what you'd like to see him go with to, uh, you know, make this forward group as successful as it can be, given the limitations we, we seem to be talking about all the time, you know? Yeah, I, I'm not so sure that, that matchups matter so much, in my opinion. I've kind of always felt that way, like like when people talk about like first line, second line, third line, fourth line. I don't even look at it that way. I look at it as, you know, as minutes, you know, the time on ice numbers. That's kind of what tells me where his lines are, right? Because, you know, the Islanders' fourth line plays probably a lot more than some other teams' fourth lines. I don't know exactly the statistic, but I'm pretty sure it would come out to a decent amount of ice time more than other teams' fourth units. So I don't even kind of don't even break it down like that. I do think that... You know, obviously, common sense says you want to pair your best shooters with your best passers. Uh, that, that's, you know, in its very simplistic way. And I'm obviously in no position to question Barry Trotz or his methods, but um, I've always thought that you that you keep, you know, I've always thought that Barzal and Everly play off each other really well, um, in my opinion. Um, but kind of like to see that Barzal, Everly, Lee line stay as their top unit. Their, their most offensive unit, you know, have Anders just 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 plan his took us in front of the net and don't move, uh, you know, and have Barzal and, and Everly play off each other, which I think they do well. Um, and I've I've always I've thought the same thing about about Josh Bailey and Brock Nelson, right? I mean, there's really no reason why those two shouldn't be playing together. Uh, you know, Brock's got a, a terrific shot when he decides to shoot it. Um, you know, Bailey's primarily your, your passer, your setup guy. It makes perfect sense to me. It's just logically, it makes and and simplistically, it makes perfect sense to me. Um, the third line is where you run into your problems. You know, that's where you have a guy like, like you just said, Leo Komarovs and Tom Kunakel and, and, and guys of that ilk on your third line. Um, right. That's kind of where the Islanders' problem has been this year is, is getting kind of anything offensively out of that third line. Um, especially with Broussard in such a slump right now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that's that, that, that could be, you know, all this juggling could be part of the reason why you're seeing, you know, Broussard with four points in his last 16 and Bailey with four points in his last, what, 13 and, you know, Lee with only, I think he only has 11 goals, right? Um, so, I mean, uh, you know, a couple of games, I think half of his last, five of his, like his last 10 games, he's had only one shot on goal. I mean, you know, those are kind of the numbers that jump out. You know, Bovillier has only two goals in his last 16. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's just I, been I really, a like I said, drought throughout the lineup. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it has. But if it's me, if it's me, you know, I've, I've kind of never liked the line blender. I, I've always, you know, guys, you know, I played hockey for a long time. And I remember my senior year, um, I just, I had these two line mates that I played with forever. And I mean, geez, I knew where they were without even, I mean, without even looking, I knew instinctively where they were on the ice. So that, that, that that's actually a true thing. Like people sometimes overlook that, but it's a real, it's a real thing. Um, for me, it would be Barzal, Ever- it'd be Barzal, Everly, Lee, and then it would easily be Nelson, Bailey, and Bovillier. And th- those would be my top six forwards. Um, and it would stay that way until they kind of get that comfort level with, with each other, um, where you know stuff starts becoming automatic. Yeah, that sounds pretty good to me. I just can't for the life of me figure out Jordan Everly. I mean, it's very scarily similar regular yeah. season last year. And then uh, a switch just yep. flips in the postseason, and then it looks like everything's good in the preseason. <laughs> you know, out, outside of regular season, Jordan Eberle as an Islander, fantastic. Regular season, Jordan Eberle, I just don't get it. I don't understand what's going on. I don't. Do you? <laughs> Can you it's figure true. it out? It's, you know what? It's, I can't. I, I don't even – I haven't even honestly I, – I, I honestly have thought about it, and I've honestly come up with nothing. There's like a total blank on – it's kind of like, you know, when you get into that mode and you're really not scoring like that, you're actually being counterproductive because you're ripping the stick tighter. You're even more tense in the offensive zone. Yeah. Um, I guess that that could be part of it. Um, maybe he just needs some confidence. He just needs to pop a couple in and kind of get on a roll, so to speak. But as you just said, the whole team has been in the funk. I mean, everybody's really been in the funk all year, but... Yeah. Now the whole team is in a funk. It's not going to help Everly get his confidence back. The whole damn team is in a funk at the same time. You know, I mean, if it, if it was just Everly as it was for a while, you can get away with that. Now other guys have followed have followed that in you know down that road, and it's not uh, it's not really helping him at all break out of it. Yeah, and look, this is the flow of an 82-game season. Sometimes you got almost everybody scoring Absolutely. together, right? You look at the 17-game streak, and it looked right. like you know every any given night somebody. Somebody else was getting on the score sheet, right? And then you get into the patch they're in now, and maybe, yep. you know, now all of a sudden almost nobody's scoring. You know, it's just it's just the ebbs and flows of the season, and you got to hope that they, they catch fire at the right time and kind of like Everly did towards the end of last season. And, you know, they can ride it into a deep run. It's just, you know, I think that's just something that people have to keep in perspective is that you just can't expect it to be a well-oiled machine throughout 82 games. And, and hopefully... No, this- you know what? They, they, put a lot of, they put a lot of points in the bank over that run. They're they're hitting a little bit of a rough patch now. They're starting to make make some withdrawals. Well, they will go into overdraft, right? I mean, think of it in the most simplistic terms. Sure, I like to keep it simple. Sure, I like it. I like it, Andy. <laughs> well, look, man, <laughs> awesome stuff as always, and and really appreciate the extended time here. Help me out without Tony. So uh, anytime, Sean. Thanks a lot, buddy. Hope the rest of your night is good, and uh, look forward to having you on again soon in the future. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. You got it. All right, folks. That was none other than Mr. Andy Graziano, Isles columnist over at WFAN. Great stuff from him and a lot to digest there. And and I, I know sometimes maybe on the show it sounds like we're talking in circles a little bit because you have the same concerns, you know, that that just kind of remain with this team, right? And, and it's and you know when they go on a they go on a streak like this and everybody goes back to the scoring when they go seventeen uh, far, sorry fifteen zero and two everybody's singing their praises and happy and nobody's worrying about it. And and now, you know, I guess there's just no, 
there's just no magic trick that's, that's going to make this team perfect every night, folks, and we just have to remember that. And I guess the question is, and it's ultimately this is in the hands of Lou Lamarillo, is, you know, which team, you know, is the true Islander team? Is it is it the team that went, you know, and forget about how crazy the record was because you can't expect to have that all season, but is it the team that was playing as well as they did during that 15-0-2 run, or is it more the team now that's that's kind of struggling in, in mediocrity at 9-9-1? and and I, I guess the easiest answer to that question is probably somewhere in the middle, right? Where they're they're one of the they're still one of the top teams in this league, despite their recent struggles. And I still think they're going to be playing home ice hockey when they get to the playoffs. It's not showing right now, but you know because the Pens called them in the standings. But I think ultimately, barring any other major injuries to this team, I, I still think that they're going to be you know towards that uh, top five to seven teams in the NHL, and and it's just. Look, this is just a streak that we're all going to have to uh, have some patience with and then hope they can you know, get in the right track. And I think having a good game against the Avalanche tomorrow night would, would help that a little bit. I, I honestly thought that was going to come you know, last night against, uh, against Toronto because, look, ever since you know, the, everything that happened with the Maple Leafs in recent history, they always seem to get up for those guys, especially up in Toronto. And, and again, you know, like I said, I don't think that game you know, was nearly as bad as it looked on paper. Last night, I think they played well, and they just couldn't get the goal. Some nights, it's because they're shooting the puck into the goalie's chest. Other nights, it's just because they can't buy a goal. You know, they make they make Blackwood look, you know, like a genius against the Devils. And then Hutchinson gets a shutout, you know, even though I felt like the Islanders outplayed the Maple Leafs a lot during the course of that game. And they just weren't get the pucks where they needed them to be to, to finish, you know. And, and look, not to take anything away from, from Hutchinson, he made a couple of good saves, but... At the end of the day, I don't think it was that great. But either way, it's a loss, and and it, it brings us here, and we have to talk about this crap and, and why they're not winning every night, because that's that's what we want. It's just it's unfortunately, it's not going to happen. So you know, with all that, I guess uh, we'll we'll just um, you know we'll look at what they did over the last week a little bit. We'll do a we'll do a hero of the week. Thankfully, they had that Washington game, so that we can actually have a hero. We'll look ahead, and then uh, we'll wrap this things up. So once again, folks, I appreciate you hanging with me without Tony. And uh, I also apologize if we lost. I think we might have lost Andy a little bit in the, the beginning of his segment. Um, that's on my end, but uh, we got him back. So uh, hopefully uh, you guys are able to stick with me there while we got uh, Andy's audio up. So anyway, we'll just look real quick. It, it's it's a longer-than-usual week because the last show we did was on Friday so Sunday's game against the Wild on the 29th, three to one win. I mean, that's that's the most Islander hockey I think that they've played lately. At least when they got they got the result that we wanted, right? They get that three to one win. You get that beautiful goal with that that uh, that pass that Komarov made to Martin. You know, falling on his ass in the corner. Perfect, perfect pass to the front of that. Martin banks the goal. They get the three one win. And uh, Tommy Kunakel, he got his first goal of the season as well since he's been getting back into the lineup now. And uh, you know that that game I, f- I felt like was a positive sign for this team, and I thought it might have started an upswing. And they follow that up with the win against the Caps on New Year's Eve afternoon game, which is suddenly a strong suit for the Islanders. Uh, you have a pretty much a, a goal for goal affair. You know the Islanders go up two nothing, they go down three two. I think at that point everybody was a little worried that that was going to be a lost game, but they stick with them. I mean, look, Caps are you know top one of the top teams in the league here, and you know you end up getting that uh, Kunakel game winning snipe for the 4-3 win, and, you know, after those two games, we're all probably feeling pretty good, right? And and then inconsistency comes back, and you have that game on the second against the Devils, a 2-1 loss we already talked about a little bit. They get the opening goal from Brock Nelson, and it looks like 
they're going to roll to to a victory against a, a much weaker Devil team. But as as Butchie and, and Brendan you know pointed out more than once during that broadcast, if you happen to be watching on uh, on oh no that was on NBC not a, not MSG. But anyway, as Brendan was pointing out, was that um, you know Devils are a team playing with nothing to lose, right? They they already traded away their star. They they're not playing with any pressure. They already know they're done for the season. So they can play loosey goosey, nice and comfortable. And again, it's not, it doesn't matter. You can't use that as an excuse. When you're one of the best teams in the league, you should be pouncing on a team like the Devils. You know, they play play against a, a mediocre goalie in Blackwood. They make him look fantastic. He he look, he was good that game. He made he made some great saves, and they couldn't score more than one goal. You know, and it's and it was another rare loss just because you know when you play a, te- a team against the Devils, you get that one nothing lead. Something that's been pretty elusive for this island team throughout the season usually they're uh they're coughing up the first goal but uh anyway look it, they didn't have it that night and and you know you, you you'd hope that they would you know correct it again like i said playing against the maple leaf team that they usually get up for and it just didn't happen i thought they got up for them i thought they played the game i thought they played the game well and it just you know look zero zero first period it was they were playing islander hockey and, and you know the the game against the leafs last night was very reminiscent to me uh, of the um the the hurricane series um, last year, where the Leafs played the Islanders game last night. It wasn't run and gun. It wasn't you know goal for goal. Wasn't chance for chance. You know you look at that first period zero zero. Both teams playing a conservative game. In fact, if you look at the shots on goal for that game, the Islanders outshot, outshot the Leafs thirty three to twenty three. So it's not like the 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 offensive power of the Maple Leafs were just running circles around the Islanders. You know, with the Matthews and the Marners and the and the you know um, the rest of those guys, as as we all know, you know, it's not like they were just you know skating circles around the aisles. It wasn't like that at all. The Islanders actually had a lot of zone time. They played they played well. They just couldn't get the goals, and they end up losing. They get beat at their own game, and and maybe you know that you know points to what Andy was kind of talking about when he when he mentioned you know the Hurricanes and the speed that they have, and and how look the the Hurricanes played the Islanders game in that season. Uh, sorry, in that series in the playoffs last year. And we kind of saw that when it, when a team with maybe a little more skill, maybe a little more punch up front, maybe if they kind of bring their game down defensively the way the Islanders can, and that, that can end up being the difference where you just got to get a couple guys who can score a couple more goals, and, you know, they, they can beat the Islanders at their own game. I don't, I don't know if any team like the Maple Leafs and Canes can do that on a, on a regular basis against the Isles because the Isles are the master of that game, but it's just food for thought. It's just, look, that's what that game last night reminded me of. It's unfortunate now all of a sudden you got, you know, a two-game two game losing streak here, and unfortunately a lot of the losses lately for the Islands have been in regulation, and that's a big part of the reason why these teams have been catching them in the standings, why Pittsburgh's passed them. You know, they haven't been eking out the, the overtime games like they had been previously, you know, in the in the rare times where they actually did lose before this 20-game, before this, uh, you know, streak. So, look, again, I just want to reiterate, I don't think it's cause for panic. It's it's unfortunate, but I think uh, they're going to come out of this and, and we'll start seeing goals from whatever the source may be because that's, that's what this team is. They score by committee. Right now, it's just in a, in a dry spot, and, I, and I'd like to think that they're going to, going to uh, you know, come out of it. So with that said, folks, I'm just going to break one more time, and uh, then we'll come out of that. We'll do the Hero of the Week. And then we will wrap this thing up. All right, folks. So once again, thanks so much for listening to Hockey Night in New York. We'll be right back. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York at HockeyNightNY.com, the premier live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large from our studios right here on Long Island, hosted by Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile. Tune in weekly during the season Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time for insights on the team, great special guests, and commentary on all the happenings around the league. If you happen to miss us live, all shows can be streamed or downloaded 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at the same address, HockeyNightNY.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher, where you can subscribe and never miss a show, no matter what your preferred platform. Question for the guys? Comments? Interested in a sponsorship? Please contact us at HockeyNightNewYork at gmail.com for any and all inquiries. We appreciate all the support, and as always, let's go Islanders. Love repping your favorite Long Island hockey team? Can't get enough orange and blue swag? Look no further than Yes Men Outfitters, the independent lifestyle brand born on the island to support the game, the team, and the players you love. Visit YesMenOutfitters.com for a wide selection of themed shirts, hats, hoodies, and yes, even pajamas. All apparel is designed and created in-house with the same passion and dedication as your favorite team on the ice. So upgrade your wardrobe and show off your pride today by visiting YesMenOutfitters.com. And don't forget to use promo code HockeyNightNY for 10% off your order. That's YesMenOutfitters.com. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile, but just Sean Cuthbert tonight. So, folks, when you hear this song, that means it is time for the Hero of the Week. And thankfully, despite the bumps and bruises along the way this past week, there there is reason to, to dole out a, a hero, and I'm going to do that right now. I got two candidates, and one of them is, is, is a guy who is probably not going to be named too often, and it's for one simple play, just because I don't think many of us really thought the guy could pull it off. And that's Leo Komarov making that beautiful pass to Matt Martin in front of the net for, uh, for a big goal for the Islanders. They end up getting the win in that game. So look, folks, it's a simple one. It's not for you know a bunch of huge accolades for the week, but I got to go with my guy, Leo Komarov. That's my hero of the week and as we fade the track out I'll just say an honorable mention to a guy who you could probably make a decent argument that that deserved a little more was uh, Tommy Kunakel getting back into the lineup as of late and he ended up potting his first two goals of the season one being that big game winner against the Caps so maybe if Tony was here maybe that would have been his hero and you got Leo and you got Tommy Kunakel but those are my pick folks take them or leave them that's the way it goes and with that, we'll just uh, we'll just look at the week ahead real quick, and then we will wrap this up. So as noted already, the Isles will be playing against the Colorado Avalanche tomorrow night at the Coliseum. Good. 
get another good team in here after you know the the bad taste that the Toronto game left in their mouths last night. Just get back at it. Hopefully, look, this team needs a wake up call. There's no doubt about it. They they got to start putting pucks in the net. And you know, Andy mentions the whole grip and the stick tight, and that happens. You look, you get guys that they they get in the scoring drought, and for whatever reason, they just can't put the puck in the net. You know, whether they're shooting into guys' chests or they just can't get the rebounds, whatever the case may be, this just happens. And and look, these guys just need a need a wake up call. Hopefully, they come out flying, and it'd be real nice to see them get out to a one two goal lead in that first period. Just just get out there, bang bodies, forecheck, play the game that these Islanders can play, and get some get some scrappy goals. Don't need, it doesn't need to be pretty. Just get on the board, and just. Let's get another streak starter here. As far as I'm concerned, doesn't need to be another 17-game streak, but let's get another streak going. It's been a while. <laughs> We're thirsty for one. And, you know, as we hit the halfway mark here, you know, this is the time where you really got to start grinding out some wins. We know with the way that they've been doing the schedule over the last how many years, they... they they pile all the divisional games towards the second half of the season now, so we're going to see a lot more Penguins, a lot more Flyers, a lot more Rangers, you know, some more Caps, you know, even even just the Eastern Conference. We're going to see some more Bruins, some more Hurricanes. I mean, look, the games are going to get tougher. The points are going to be more important. It's great that they banked the points like they did, like Andy mentioned, but they got to keep things going. I mean, what a you know great start to the season. Let's not get too far far behind the eight ball now. They still have have an opportunity to right the ship, get back into at the very least that second place spot in the Metro for home ice, and hopefully they can you know work a little more magic. Even though it's a real tough hill to climb right now for that top spot, just with the way Washington's been playing. I mean, you got a ten point gap, even though there's games in hand. You know, look, half a season, there's a lot of time to do it. You know, we we all harken back to what the Blues did last year, and look, forty. One games after tomorrow night. That's that's still 82 points on the board. So still a long way to go. Still plenty of games to win and potentially lose. But at the end of the day, I think uh, by the time they wrap up 82, they're going to win plenty more than they than they lose. So just got to keep the faith here, folks. So like I said, just get out firing against the Avs last night, tomorrow night, and uh, you know that would be a big statement win. Maybe uh, you know build some confidence back up because then Tuesday night to go into Jersey and. That's got to be that's got to be revenge, you know. You get embarrassed by a team that obviously they weren't blown out. It was just a two to one loss. But look, you lose to a team you're supposed to beat. As I said, they already dealt their star away. They got nothing to play for. These guys are just playing out the schneid already. Halfway through the season, they're probably going to deal a couple more guys away. So, you know, just pounce on these guys. You know, make them pay for what they did. You know, the last game and and look, let's get a, let's get another streak going. So you got Jersey on Tuesday. Then the fellas have a break for the next few days. They're off until Saturday, which is another big game. Like I said earlier, that is Boston at the Barclays Center. And we like what the Isles did against Boston last time. They obviously won that game. They played their game. The nice thing is, even though they've certainly been playing down to some of these weaker teams, they're playing up to the stronger teams. And we need to see that tomorrow, and hopefully we'll see that Saturday against Boston. And then after that, folks, got to remind you once again, Monday, January 13th, we will be at Parlay Viewing Party, Islanders versus the Rangers. Big rivalry game here. Let's get a bunch of people down there. Let's have a lot of fun. Like I said, there's going to be $3 barn rockers. There's going to be a jersey giveaway. There's going to be raffles, 50-50 raffle. There's going to be, you know, Islander swag, shirts, uh, all good stuff. And like I said, we're, we're really hoping we're going to have uh, another guest appearance or two that we're, we're, we're waiting on. I don't want to uh, let any cats out of the bag too early if we, we can't get confirmation. But uh, either way, it's going to be a great night. Parlay's a great spot. They have tons and tons of beers on tap. 
Plenty of options there. The staff is great. Great big spot. Plenty of TVs. They're going to have the sound on. Going to be a lot of fun. And Tony and myself will be doing the pregame show at 6 o'clock. And like I said, Mikey Carver from the ILC podcast is going to sit down with us as well. So it's going to be a good time. We hope to see you guys there. So, folks, I think with that, I think with that we can wrap it up once again. Uh, I apologize that Tony couldn't join me tonight under the weather. I uh, hope you guys are able to stick it out with me. Uh, great stuff from Andy Graziano over at WFAN. Really appreciate his time. Great spot as always. Folks, want to remind you, you can always tune in live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com. You can follow us on Twitter at HockeyNightNY. You can follow Tony at Tony Stabile. You can follow me at Shawnee Hockey. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Deezer, iHeartRadio. We're all over the place. Whatever your favorite listening source is, we are there. Folks, thanks once again for tuning in. Really appreciate it. We will see you at Parlay next Monday. Take care, folks. Have a great night.